wonder if you could help me out with something. I've been talking with my teddy bear. You know what? Teddy bears don't talk, so I guess I was doing all the talking, and I was having a real problem with trying to tell, talk to you this morning. I wasn't real sure what to say or how to say it or anything, and, and my teddy bear wasn't a great deal of help. So, can you help me out? Can you explain to me the Trinity? You know, that's almost exactly the way my bear was looking at me. He didn't know either. Not sure I can explain it to you the way it ought to be explained. God doesn't entirely tell us why the Trinity exists, but he tells us that it does exist. It exists in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, but one God. Just one God, but three persons. One of those persons, the Father, in eternity decided that you were going to come to faith and he made that possible he also sent jesus then to take away your worst possible problem what was that sin he took that where where did he go with that to the cross that's right he took it to the cross to take your sins away and now the holy spirit comes to you and lives in your heart along with the father and the son and he helps you understand what the bible says he helps you to continue to believe he shows you that when you sin you can turn to him and know that you're forgiven because of what jesus did for you he came to you in your baptism and now he's with you all the time what a blessing to know that let's pray Dear Triune God, we praise and thank you for blessing and watching over us and for giving us yourself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't exactly know how that works, but then we don't need to. You've kept all of your promises for us in the Bible, and you continue to be with us and bless us. Please help us to tell others about you and know the Triune God loves them too. We pray this in your name. Amen. The gospel lesson for today comes from Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Help is on the way, says the ambulance dispatcher. Emily hears these words after calling 911. Her little brother had choked on his dinner, and mom and dad were away. Emily is doing everything she can to help her little brother, but she and her brother need help. 
Justin is in college and he's buckling under the pressure of homework, tuition payments, and everyone asking him what his next steps are. Then he receives the news as mom has a deadly cancer diagnosis. Who will help her? Would help even come on time? As you and I look around, we see tragedy and death among family and friends and in the world. Accidents in the home. Sadness, sickness, and despair. The tragic death we see in the news. We need help. Who will help us? The woman in Luke 7 has her own trouble. Her son has just died. She's attending his funeral. But is she beyond help? No. Jesus knows her trouble and will make his compassion known to her. Jesus comes to help his people. Today we see Jesus doing just the thing he came to do, help his people. And Jesus wants everyone to know that he is here to help. So what does he do to let them know? He performs miracles. Luke gives us a string of Jesus' miracles, one after the other, in locations across Judea. The miracles, the miracles all show us Jesus' compassion and his purpose. He comes to help his people. Along the way, Jesus gathers a crowd to himself, a large crowd, a crowd amazed at Jesus and his superhuman deeds. The crowd may be wondering, what would Jesus do next as he performs miracle after miracle? What would Jesus do next is what the crowd might be wondering as they approach Nain and see another big crowd. Now, this crowd at Nain isn't delighted or eager to see what's going to happen next, like Jesus' crowd. No, this is a different kind of crowd. This is the crowd of shared pain. This crowd is saying, we need strength in numbers because this woman needs a lot of support. This crowd is much like some of the crowds you might see today in your life or on TV. The crowd at Nain is like the group of high schoolers lighting candles on the football field after a classmate dies too young. This crowd at Nain is your family around a hospital bedside as you say your last goodbyes. A funeral is in motion at Nain with all the regular crying and wailing and commotion you could expect in Jesus' day as they carry this dead son out of their town. And this dead son is the only son of a woman who has already lost her husband. The whole town feels that they should be here. This event is tragic. This heartbreaking funeral seems like the wrong place and the wrong time for Jesus and his eager crowd. What would Jesus do next? Jesus knows what he will do next. For Jesus, this heartbreaking funeral isn't something to avoid or sidestep with his crowd. For Jesus, this heartbreaking funeral is the right place and the right time. This woman needs help more than she has ever needed help before, and Jesus knows that. Jesus knows her trouble. The Gospel says, When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. As much as Jesus is truly God, he is also truly human. There is no emotional distance between Jesus and this woman. He is human. When he says to the woman, don't cry, he's not speaking as some, speaking as some cold, far-off deity who downplays her tiny human feelings, no. 
Don't cry is not cold. Don't cry comes from knowing what it means to cry. Jesus cried too. He understands our worries and concerns, our anger and despair. The writer of Hebrews tells us, we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Jesus knows our troubles. And just as Jesus knows our troubles, he acts. Luke records, Then Jesus went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. Jesus does not shy away from this tragic event. No, he embraces it. He shows the woman, he shows the crowd, and he shows you and me that he is here to help. Jesus knows what is going on, and he knows exactly what to do. When Jesus says, Young man, I say to you, get up. This is what the woman needs. Jesus knows what to do, and then he does it. The dead son sits up and begins to speak. The man who was once dead is now alive. Jesus knows the woman's troubles, and now her trouble is gone. We all have troubles too. Problems that twist our insides and keep us up late at night. What troubles you? What sits heavy on your mind as you sit quietly at home? You know what the woman at Nain is going through. You know what death is. Death and tragedy let down hurtful hooks and snag you and me. You have friends who fight battles as relationships fall apart and health fails. You have people that you miss this side of heaven. Maybe they've been gone for years, or maybe they've been gone for just a few weeks. What do you and I think about the troubles in our life? Do you and I say, thank you God for holding me in your hands through this and helping me? Or do you and I more often let our minds cook with doubt and anger and we begin to question, how could this be happening to me? Or even, why isn't God helping me right now? But God is not to blame for the pain and death and sorrow in this world. We know that. Sin is. God created this world to be perfect, but that perfection ended when sin entered. When sin came, pain and death and tragedy followed. Now there's suffering everywhere we look. Pain and death are here. Pain and death are here for all of us. But Jesus is one of us too. Jesus knows your troubles because he has gone through your troubles himself. Just like for the widow at Nain, Jesus' heart goes out to you and me. He knows your pain personally. And he knows exactly what to do. When we have small or big troubles, when death enters and friends leave us behind, God knows what to do. God helps us through every situation, even when, even when we think God should help differently. When you see death coming, God won't always heal you or your loved ones like he healed the widow's son at Nain. But God is still good and wise. Know that he helps you. 
God knows when it's time for loved ones to recover, and he knows when it's time for loved ones to leave this world. God knows when it's time for you to endure the pain of loss, the pain of death. And in death, remember more than ever that Jesus has power over death. With Jesus, anything that comes your way, joy or suffering, life or death, is good. In today's gospel, Jesus knows the widow's trouble and needs to raise her son. Jesus knows your troubles too, and he comes to help. Just like the widow at Nain needs Jesus to raise her son, we need to see Jesus raise her son too. In Luke 7, we see that Jesus has the power to bring his people back from death. We see his compassion. When Jesus raises the widow's son, he makes his compassion known. Both crowds at Nain see Jesus' compassion as clearly as you and I see each other today. Everyone in the gospel sees what Jesus is doing. They see Jesus walk up, touch the coffin, and speak to the woman. Jesus answers their question, what will Jesus do next? As he gives the son back to his mother, alive. Praise and awe wash over what is now the former funeral crowd. Mother and son meet each other's eyes. Jesus makes his compassion known. The crowd is no longer sharing the pain of the mother. That pain is gone. This crowd is an entirely different kind of crowd now. It's as if the group of high schoolers is lighting candles on the football field and suddenly their classmate appears alive again. Imagine the celebration. Imagine the stories they would tell for years to come. It's as if your family's around that bedside and the heart monitor flatlines. But then you see the heartbeat come back, getting stronger and stronger. Imagine that celebration. Imagine your praise and awe and thanks to God. You would see Jesus' compassion. You could say, God has come to help his people. The crowd at Nain has that reaction. They say, God has come to help his people. After all, this kind of power could only come from God, this power over death. But the people at Nain don't know the whole story like you and I do. When the people at Nain see Jesus raise a young man from death, they say, a great prophet has appeared among us. They see Jesus as only that great prophet. Perhaps they see a new prophet, Elijah, who in the Old Testament raises a young man from death with God's help. They don't know what you and I know. When they say God has come to help his people, they don't recognize that Jesus is God. As they spread the good news about this young man's resurrection across Judea, they don't know what you and I know. That at Nain, Jesus' work is far from over. But you and I know. We know who Jesus is. Jesus sees and knows your troubles with all the clarity and wisdom that only God has. Jesus responds to your troubles as God, who has power far greater than any power we can even imagine. He helps us. Jesus makes his compassion known in Luke 7, and he makes his compassion known in our lives each and every day. Everyone who sings, I am Jesus, little lamb, takes that truth to heart. He knows our needs, and he well provides us. We often forget that truth, though, don't we? We forget about God and everything he does to help us when everything is going well. 
then we become angry and unhappy with the life God gives us when things aren't going so well. But we know better. We know who God is. We know what God does to help his people. His almighty power protects us through the low and high moments, the good and bad, in life and in death. And his health is always good. Jesus does what's best for us every time. You and I see so clearly in God's word what the crowd at Nain only gets a glimpse of. Jesus' compassion. Now, when you encourage each other with the good news after church or share it for the first time with someone new, you get to tell the whole story. You can share that Jesus shows compassion on you every day of your life, even in death, and especially in death. So encourage. Remind each other of that unique security you have, that God himself is watching and guiding your steps. Share with new people why you are not afraid of death. Tell people that Jesus defeated death. Tell people that God forgives all our sins and gives faith and life because Jesus made his compassion fully known when he died and rose for you. Tell them Jesus helps you. Help comes for Emily as the ambulance rushes her brother to the hospital. Her brother's face, lips, and fingers return to a healthy color as the EMTs clear his airway and oxygen flows through him again. Help comes for Justin's mother as she undergoes cancer treatment and makes it to his graduation in May. And help comes for you too. Know that God came to earth for that very reason. He will help you. Jesus will show compassion on you until you die and when you die. Until then, tell everyone what Jesus does for you. Amen.